This episode is focused on one main topic. I spent the last week building and launching a new content site. So in this episode, I share a bit about what I've learned and Rick gives me advice on what to do next. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. I'm Rick. I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. What's going on this week, Rick? Well, uh, big news for me is that I I pulled the trigger and the script that you helped me write to pull data from uh, our Airtable database and basically construct custom monthly account updates for our leg up health users uh, and then send those email those templates e- templated emails through sendgrid that script uh, is uh, was was triggered on the live data- database and it looked like everything worked so I'm pretty happy awesome cool do you like get responses to these emails or is it just like it's kind of transactional. You don't really expect people to respond. It's definitely transactional. Um, I I get a surprising number of responses. So a couple of the responses I got so far is one. A couple of people are in the you know are still shopping, and they were like, "Hey, thanks for the update. Um, I'm going to jump into the, the kind of get, they kind of use it as an opportunity to return an update to me on mm-hmm. where they are in the process. Cool. Um, other people uh, reply just thanks or you know. Not at all, but I don't. I wouldn't say I expect anything, but you know what I do. What I do hope it triggers is that if someone is having an event, um, that it makes that it reminds them um, that we're there, yeah. and hopefully does trigger them doing some something like either communicating that they're 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 okay or that um, they need help. I could imagine that being a challenge for your business, like with less annoying CRM for the most part. If you're if you're paying for it, you're probably logging in somewhat regularly. Someone could potentially be a like client of yours and just forget about you for a year and still be getting all the value out of you. So it, it sounds good that you've got an excuse to just like like you know if you have an an email like newsletter, you're supposed to reach out. I, I don't know what the best practice is, but like every week or two, because if you stop doing that, people forget who you are, and then you send an email and everyone unsubscribes. Exactly, and and they I think. The new practice. I was reading about this this a little bit this week because I'm having a I'm having an issue with my newsletter. There, there's a, a there's a practice that's recommended as like kind of purging your cold subscriber list. So people who have been on your list a long time, but for maybe a period of sixty days haven't opened an email or clicked a link in an email, just purging them from the list is supposedly a good practice. I am super skeptical about that. Um, I've heard that too, but like a lot of people don't have their images displaying by default in email. And like, if you use, Hey, the new Basecamp email, they block them by default. Like you can't, if you, if we had 100% ability to know if someone opened an email, that would sound great, but we don't. And I'm not really sure what the failure rate is there. Especially if your email is, you know, the content is in the email and it's, there aren't links. Um, I think if your email you know, it, it, you know, it's very difficult to get, if it's very difficult to get value out of your email without clicking a link, then perhaps that works. Right. Yeah. Cause you can track that with 100% certainty. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's exciting that you've got that script done. Um, any other like coding, are there other things you want to automate with like actually writing your own code or are you kind of moving on to other stuff after that? Yeah. So th- this was my big project for the month. So I, I, this is one of the first goals that we've set 
leg up help that I've actually hit. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome. really good. And, and, it, and I set it pretty, one thing I did differently with this particular goal was I set it for the month and didn't try to get too aggressive with it and took mm-hmm. it, kind of broke the project down. And I could have gotten it out on Monday if I ne- needed to, but I didn't feel the need to rush. So went out today, but it is kind of nice feeling calm about hitting your goal and it's Friday tomorrow and yeah. I can do whatever I want to do. Oh, that's such a good feeling of just being like, I finished my thing. Now I'm taking a couple of days off and I just don't have anything to think about. <laughs> it's it, one thing I'm not used to is, okay, now that I have this idle time, what do I, I feel like I should be busy, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, it's really nice to, to have a win. But to answer your question, sorry, can I give a little a yeah, thought on that? Yeah. Like you say sometimes that something I do that you don't enough is like giving yourself time to step back and plan. Maybe like what you need to do with your idle time is give yourself a day or two next week to just like brainstorm again. Good point. Good point. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I interrupted. Thank you. Yeah. So, so you asked, you know, if this was the end of coding for me, um, mm-hmm. no, uh, I, I, there's, there's, I'm, so th- what, what I've just automated is, is the, e- is the construction and sending of an email based on, uh, data. There's a portion of the data that is, uh, I'm still gathering manually through a separate API that's a, that's through the like insurance company eligibility system and that there's a project in March that I wanted. I have low expectations of myself of being able to solve this, but (laughs) I would like to try to uh, speed up that uh, verification process because I have to do it every month um, for each policy in the system. So that's one project for March. Um, And then I was going to automate uh, sending birthday, happy birthday emails to people. But then I realized there's not a whole lot of value in me sending that email to them. And so I ultimately just decided to stop doing uh, monthly, like sending email, happy birthday emails. So yeah, I so support that. (laughs) Yeah. I figured you would. Uh, I felt like I felt good about it. I realized I was doing that more for my benefit than for anyone else's. And that wasn't a good reason to do it. Yeah. Every time I get a happy birthday email from a company, I'm like, you can like, I don't mind you emailing me if there's a reason, but you you can come up with a better reason than that. <laughs> uh, cool. So yeah, uh, but but I, I will say this project, I, I definitely overprepared for the project. So my ability to code is far superior than what the script that I wrote yeah. for this. You could have finished it in half the time and not know what you were doing, but you wanted to actually learn the stuff. Totally. So th- I think look, one really cool outcome of this is that um, as I think long-term about uh, how to market the product, how to make the product easier to onboard, um, how to increase conversion rates um, uh, when someone you know becomes a user versus becoming a client, I, I, th- I think that I'll be, I have a lot more options at my, I have a lot more tools in my toolkit. Yeah, than yeah. I did prior to this. Very cool. That's really my only update uh, today. I, I I figured we'd spend some time on on marketing stuff, and then I have been following. Uh, I think I was was I your first subscriber or second subscriber? Uh, you were the second subscriber. Oh, shoot. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you it was the, the, the subscribe. <laughs> I could tell that like you were when I was going through. I was like, he doesn't know this is live. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I've been to, okay, so for anyone who hasn't been following along, I've, I'll explain more context, but I've been working on a new website and I was, I should have been deploying everything to like the test domain that Webflow gives you, but it's so much fun to deploy to a real domain and see, like 
there's kind of that like dopamine, the maker dopamine hit that you get. So I was deploying de- deploying everything as I was going to the real website, and you caught it and signed up for the newsletter. So, <laughs> no, it's so cool. Um, I've been. Have you enjoyed? Well, tell me what your week's been like since uh, since we talked last. Yeah, it's been uh, one of the most like exciting jam packed weeks of my professional life. I think. Um, so I kind of set aside this whole like Monday through Friday plus optionally the weekends on either side to do like a little retreat. I'm not actually going anywhere. If if, pand- if the pandemic weren't going on, I would have come out and seen you in Utah like I've done so many times in the past. But I'm just doing it at home, but I canceled almost all my meetings or a couple I couldn't, but almost all my meetings. I'm like sleeping in the guest bedroom. You know, I'm trying as much as I can to unplug from normal life and just focus on uh, on work. So yeah, a week ago, I I brought up, well, how do you do content marketing if you're not? Uh, we talked about content marketing and my concerns with it and partially due to your encouragement and partially due to a uh, some encouragement from people I work with. Basically, I just decided on Saturday, like, fuck it, I'm going to start a new website. I'm going to write stuff that I want to write about and just trust that over time I'll be able to like get small businesses somewhat interested like like my big concern is it's more startupy than small businessy um whereas my customers are small businesses but i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna blog for hopefully a long time and put out a lot of content and eventually i hope something comes of it one big decision that you've made with this is to launch in a completely separate domain and brand for your content website Um, can you talk a little bit about, about why you decided that and and how you came to that decision yes and I actually did this before I read your post, but your last newsletter was uh, multitasking for motivation, which I actually think coincidentally is kind of related to this. Can you explain that concept real quick? Yeah. So uh, there's this concept called temptation bundling, um, which basically is a pretty way of saying do something you want to do while while you're doing something you want to do, do something you should do. So for example, um, maybe you you really enjoy watching Netflix, but you should uh, go you know to the gym. If you say if you tell yourself, hey, I'm going to I'm only gonna watch Netflix when I'm at the gym on a exercise bike, then you create this multitasking situation that motivates you to do the thing you should do. Um, So basically it's, it's pairing two compatible tasks, one that you want to do, one that you should do to, to, to motivate yourself. So I really like this concept. I hadn't heard of it before. I think that's sort of the explanation for why, like the whole strategy here. So like less annoying CRM, we sell a CRM, primarily people who use CRMs are salespeople. So all of our content stuff in the past was trying to write sales content. Um, but I don't know anything about sales. I don't care about sales. It was torturous to write it. I don't think it was very good. This is one of the things you said to me last week that really stood out is like, make good shit and just the rest will follow sort of. And as soon as you said that, I was like, every time I've tried this in the past, I wasn't making good shit. Like I was making bad content. So I'm trying to do this kind of bundle thing where I'm saying, I want to write basically the type of stuff we talk about here. I want to write, here's how I feel about bootstrapping. Here's how I think startups should be should operate and that type of stuff. That's what I want to do. What I need to do is write content for small businesses. And so I figured if I just make this other website, that's it's still, it's so it's called lessannoyingbusiness.com. It's very tied to the less annoying brand. It's not like a side project per se, but like 
I'm going to be the only one posting on it. I'm going to write whatever I want. Some of the topics will not interest small businesses. They'll just be a personal interest of mine. But I think it's combining the two things well enough that I'll stay motivated to do it. And hopefully some percent of my content eventually reaches a small business audience. So, so long story short, by creating a separate website and separate brand, you've basically given yourself permission to write about whatever the heck you want to write about, um, which motivates you to write about what you should write about. Yeah. And actually, one of the big uh, things I learned this week is I much prefer writing from myself than from the company. And I also like reading it more. Like if I look at who I follow on Twitter, I don't follow any companies. I follow people. Um, so it's like if I'm going to do this and I think I need to write for years, like I've got two, three years mentally committed here before I expect to see any returns from this. If I'm going to do that, I just need to really love it. And I, I love writing as Tyler and I don't love writing as Less Annoying CRM. I, I feel the same way about Leg Up Health. Leg Up Health writing is... It's it's frequently asked question writing. It's mm-hmm. not. It's you don't want to be creative. You want to be functional, um, and it's it's very limiting. Um, yeah. Whereas, like when you're writing for yourself, it's usually a learning experience. You're kind of I, I've re- I read uh, I skimmed most of the posts that you put up, um, and for me, it's like oh Tyler just went through and remembered all the th- like basically regurgitated all his learnings and then re-cemented them in his head in a better way, in a more coherent way. And he got as much out of this writing this post as, you know, whoever is going to read this. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's how I feel every time I write an article for myself versus for like a pelt. Right. So the, the big question mark here is, does this get a small business audience ever? Who cares um, for, it doesn't matter for it, two I, years. I, I, I don't, absolutely. And I'm, I, in my head, I'm like, even if two years from now I say I don't have it, I'll still probably give it another year. But like, for it to like be this, uh, achieve all the goals that I want eventually, it would be, yeah, some startup people, some indie hackers will follow it, but some small businesses hopefully do too. What's your confidence that this will increase flow to less than CRM? Um, I am zero very confident, uh, 90. Cool. Why? Because everything I've ever done that I committed to worked. <laughs> like... <laughs> That sounds like arrogant or whatever, but if nobody puts in years of of doing good good work, being authentic, trying to put value out there, I shouldn't say nobody, but it's rare. And if you do it, this is what you told me last week. Like, is it going to? There's there's a a series of uh, a a distribution of outcomes. Am I going to be on the really good end of it? I'm not sure, but am I going to be at a point where three years from now we're like? Oh, look, like, you know, 5% of our leads for Less Annoying Serum are coming in from the blog. I, I feel very confident that that's going to happen. I, I do, too. The, the, the thing you're doing with Less Annoying Business, too, is you're expanding the, I don't know, the reach. It's the, Reach is the wrong word, but it's, it's almost like it, pretty much any small business, whether they're big, small, mi- micro or, you know, micro small business or sort of small business, um, industry looking for a CRM, not looking at CRM, they could start interacting with the less annoying brand today. Yeah. And that that's cool. Let me ask you a question about this. Cause this is one thing I've been trying to decide is like, what, what content should go on less annoying business versus less annoying CRM.com. Um, I have a couple old posts that I wouldn't, they're, they're not doing amazingly well, but they get, you know, a few hundred hits a week or something like that. Um, that have nothing to do with less annoying CRM. So one is why we decided to bootstrap and how startup funding works. One is, this is so silly, it's what is the definition of enterprise software? Uh, 
I don't know why, but that just gets a ton of traffic or relatively a ton of traffic. Um, it occurs to me to, to, to what you just said. We've never had anything for those people. They come to the site, they read the post, then it's like, do you want a CRM? And they're like, well, no, that's not what I came here for. I think less knowing business, they might want to join a newsletter about these things. So I'm tempted to just pull all those posts and move them to this new site so that like the CTAs and stuff fit better. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You'll probably want to wait a little bit until Google says to less annoying business, I know who you are. I like you. You're real. You're real. You're real. Um, and then when you do that, if, if you're getting any particular, if you, you might want to just understand the user impact from moving those over, you may want to do a couple tests um, first to see how it, how the SEO transfers over. Um, yeah. Like because- do one of the posts and, and see. That yeah, and you may and you may want to look at the inbound links to each of those posts and just see if there's some, um, you know. In fact, there's two reasons to do that. One, you you may have some really strong inbound links from those that you want to tell who who are you know people that might be interested in promoting less annoying business more broadly. Um, but more importantly, like for that particular post, post tactically, if you can get them to update the link to be lessannoyingbusiness.com, yeah, that'll really that help you see with Google. I don't think I really have many inbounds, but I uh, I'll, I'll check that. Um, that makes sense. Because you've written, if you move that content over though, um, and you've got some links flowing through, it should tell Google pretty quickly to trust less annoying business. Plus, yeah. you'll probably give yourself an inbound link or three from less annoying CRM. True. Um, well, and this is arguably a good time because in I was so busy with this little marketing sprint. Uh, we also deployed the Webflow site, which I've been talking about for. I don't know, eight months or something on here. We finally deployed it on Sunday. So all of our links had to change anyway. So every single URL just changed. So maybe this is a good time to do this anyway. Yeah, good point. Good point. Do you, um, a question uh, about Webflow. Did you, you, I'm assuming you built the lessonlikebusiness.com in Webflow. Yeah. Uh, how'd I, you like it? I loved it. I, Webflow, ConvertKit, Ahrefs, and Zapier are four tools that I keep, Hearing, I think I knew about them, and I'd maybe used them in limited ways. But I, I'm finally like really getting my hands dirty, and like I had used Webflow to design a page. I'd never used Collections before. Collections are awesome; they're so cool. So I'm, I'm with Webflow. It's like ninety percent I'm in love with it, and then ten percent I'm like, how the fuck do they not have this thing? I can't believe they don't have this. <laughs> and eventually they will, right? Like. I hope so. Yeah. They have a public timeline on their, like all of the requests, I shouldn't say timeline, but all the requests that they get are public. How brave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because every time I get mad that they don't have something, I'm like 500 other people want this too. Why don't they have it? (laughs) And if 500 people want it publicly, like that means thousands and maybe tens of thousands of actual people want it. Um, I'm loving uh, Webflow though. Yeah. No, it's cool. And, and the, um, man, your gosh, how your your site looks good design wise. Oh, so it's man, it, it must be really nice. Can you just develop so quickly in Webflow because it's visual? Yeah, well, I, I actually think I probably could have built the site faster with code. Really, but maintaining it would have been slower, right? Like every time you want to go in and change something, it's like, where's that CSS class or whatever, and um. But, but I, I don't understand how people who don't know HTML and CSS use Webflow. Like, it's so easy. It. Yeah, it's so easy if you know it, but it would be complex. When you, It's funny, when you were, I think, 
or like at the very first day you were trying to decide between Webflow and Squarespace. And I was, and I, I don't know if I texted you or not, but I was, I remember thinking, Tyler, do not pick Squarespace. <laughs> I could not wait to get off Squarespace. Webflow really? is so much more powerful. That's funny. I'm about to, my next blog post is, uh, I'm going to review Squarespace. So, mm. well, if you want, if you need some insight from, uh, uh, I'm happy to contribute you, you uh, a quote it. or three. <laughs> no, I picking Webflow was 100% the right solution. Uh, it's much, much more. I, I knew it was powerful. I didn't realize how easy it was to be powerful with collections. And yeah, I just I, I'm I'm really happy with it. Oh, good job. So, what what other learnings so far from this? Yeah, so I've just got like a ton of random. There's going to be this is going to be incoherent. Me just throwing thoughts out because I wrote them down as I was going. Um, okay. First of all, doing this project has been a huge reminder for me of how how much you can get done when you don't have any legacy stuff to support. Because like when I do a project for less annoying CRM, I'm just I'm not even a tenth this fast at getting stuff built. And the reason is everything you do, it's like, oh, well, you know, there, there are these other pages. We have to migrate those before you can actually make the change you want to make or like, oh, you can add this JavaScript snippet. But you can't add it to every page because one of these pages has a password on it and they could potentially steal the password. There's just all this stuff to support. Whereas a Greenfield project, when you're just getting started, like I got so much done this last week, I kind of can't believe it. Um, I'm not sure what my takeaway here is aside from like, if you're early on, use this to your advantage. Well, can't, isn't there, you know, isn't there a strategy for building like independent services so that, mm -hmm. you know, in this, an argument for really keeping things that you work on self-contained and small so that you can not worry about breaking them when you release things? I think it is an argument for that. My counter argument to that, though, would be like the power comes from uh, compounding. And I think your compounding effect goes away if you try to like firewall everything off from itself. I don't know. It, it's probably a case-by-case -case basis. But or or maybe it's just this is an argument for serial entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean maybe or like just for me personally, what I'm kind of realizing is every once in a while take a week and go build something new. <laughs> you know, like mm. I feel very recharged, very refreshed, and I'll go back next week to normal life at Less Annoying CRM, and stuff will slow down again, and up I'll, I'll probably enjoy it because I'm like about I'm hitting a wall. I can feel that I'm hitting a wall with this because I've I've been working. 18 hours a day basically so i'm ready yeah. to go back to the, the normal life <laughs> and and what is your weekly sort of maintenance uh, on this going forward yeah good question i think i've got all of the infrastructure built uh to to like it's basically just writing the content now with the exception of i need to do i need to get like analytics set up and i want to i'm not sure if i'll continue doing this but i want to run some paid ad ad campaigns um, to just like jumpstart a few people on the newsletter sort of. Um, so I need to get that set up. But beyond that, I think I'm in a place where I can just write content and post it. And that's all I'm going to do. I think I might shoot for two posts a week, maybe. Oh what man, that'd be a lot. Uh, yeah, I guess it depends. Some of these are take longer than others. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying I'm looking at two years. I mean, if you if you multiply fifty two times two hundred, oh. that's that's two hundred articles over the next two years. Wow, yeah, that's and a I'm, lot. That's a big old site. I'm splitting. I, I currently have two main topics. Uh, one is my business musings, which I don't think will appeal to small businesses as much, but will probably appeal more to 
probably people who listen to this podcast, the types of people. Mm -hmm. The other one will is still in the wheelhouse of things I'm interested in. I don't think the indie hacker crowd will care about this at all. And that's like tech advice. Um, so like all of our customers, I think I've told you this before. I'll be on the phone with them. They'll be like, I can't get Gmail filters to work. I'm like, share your screen. We'll get it set up in three minutes. It helps them so much. And it, it took no effort on my part. So I think about half my content's going to be that type of stuff. Like little tips and tricks for the small business owner. Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing I've been working on this week, I wrote 10 or so blog posts, but the big thing is this email course. Have you done like a course before where it's, it's not like a newsletter. It's like, I'll email you for a fixed amount of time and you'll achieve some goal by the end. No, but I've, I've thought about it for like learn how to learn all about health insurance in an email course would be a perfect application of this. I would love, I can't wait to hear if people sign up for this and stick around and read it. I, my, my hypothesis is that most people will like get really excited for the first few and then Mm -hmm. totally fall off. Very possibly. Yeah. Uh, What's your course going to be? So it's a 16, probably email course. That's I'm still fiddling with the exact name, but basically, uh, like the guide to building a, a business web, uh, a website for a low tech business. So, so you're basically going to build a course in 16 weeks, days. one email, 16 days. So one yeah. email per day. Yeah. And each, each email is 10 to 20 minutes to, to complete that step. So like, it's literally like you're going to decide which host hosting company to use today. You're not even going to sign up and then you're going to pick which template with that hosting company. That's the next day. And then the, Finally, it's like, okay, you can actually start. So it's very broken down into little steps. But yeah, one one email per day for 16 days. That's cool. Do you have anyone on that yet? I don't, except myself. That So when I said I was going to do paid ad campaigns, I'm, I'm not planning on doing paid ads for the site in general. I'm going to do paid ad. Like, so I'm using ConvertKit for this. Is that what you use? Have you for used? my email newsletter? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. You happy with them? Seems expensive for what they do, but... Okay. I've uh, been... Compared to Trip, which we use a listening CRM, it's it's just as expensive, but it's so much easier to use. Anyway. Now that I have SendGrid, I'm like, well, why don't I just use SendGrid? Well, the thing I love about ConvertKit is they give you these landing pages and stuff. So I have a landing page. It's not even on my Webflow site. It's a ConvertKit landing You're page. You're using the product stuff. I haven't gotten into that stuff yet. Have, have you... Um, okay, so you've got this... That's interesting. Do you, and yeah. do, do, they, do you embed that or do you have a separate subdomain? Yeah, so uh, it's... It's a separate subdomain, courses.lessonknowingserum.com, but then you can take any of those forms and embed them. So what I've got right now is courses.lessonknowingserum.com slash, I forget the exact URL, but like small business website or something like that. That's the course landing page. And then I have slash newsletter is my newsletter landing page for signing up. And then I also have a modal. So if you go to my main site, lessonknowingbusiness.com and click subscribe to the newsletter, it doesn't take you to the separate site. It just pops up the modal, which is powered by ConvertKit. so I, I'm actually very happy. Webflow and ConvertKit uh, is pretty much all you need for a pretty good like content course type of thing, I think. I agree. Yeah, totally. Very cool. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try to drive ad traffic to that course landing page. I, I don't know if it'll work, but you know, I'm in an experimenting mood. <laughs> Who cares? Like you're like, do we, you know, we, we had a quick conversation via Slack, I think when you were trying to decide what to do. And one of the big things that you decided was that action matters more than like the direction. 
I mean, I, I th- think that's one of the big things you, di- uh, not that I disagree, but that that's exactly what you told me, which I took to heart, but yes, you it, were it, right it seemed that. like that's where you were headed anyway. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, like I've thought about this enough. I'm most excited about this direction. Let's not think about it anymore. Let's start acting. Yeah. The, the reality is anything I, whatever my course is. So I think this, like how to build a website probably is not going to be a winner. But again, if we think three years out, what are the odds that looking back, I'm like the first course that I put on this is the one that was a winner, like pretty low. So I'm using this more as this was an excuse to get the website built, to learn how ConvertKit works, all that stuff, so that I can probably maybe put out two or three or four courses a year until one of them strikes, like resonates with people a little bit better. Totally. That's great. This is, this is basically, I love this idea for you. There's going to be really good content that comes out of this. I hope so. Again, the, the the question is, can I find stuff that I know about and small businesses care about? That That's the potential. If, if it's going to fail, it's going to be because there's like a, a gulf between those two uh, things. Yeah, you'll find that. No doubt. Cool. Well, I appreciate the support. Um, just running through my list of random thoughts here. Next up. So we've talked before about these retreat things. Am I remembering right that you were thinking about doing a kind of uh, a retreat type of work thing? Yeah, I'm do I have I scheduled two per year. My next one is August. August. Okay. All right, cuz you're having a kid soon enough. Probably not a good mm-hmm. time for you to yep. do it. Um, so one thing I learned about myself here, normally when I go out to Utah, it's like a 10-day, 10, 10 to 12-day thing. This has been again, 5 days plus arguably the weekends on either side. I sh- I'm realizing that 10 to 12 is better than 7 for me. And the reason is this. Um, if you with seven days, I don't feel like I can take a day off to recover because there's not enough. With 10 or 12 days, once or twice in the middle, I'll take a day off and then get back to it. Um, so I just feel like I'm I'm hitting a wall more right now than I... W- like I needed a break yesterday or today and instead I'm pushing through to because tomorrow's my last day. So anyway, 10 days with a break is better for me. I've learned that. Why can't you extend what you're current on Currently, why can't you take a couple of days off next week? Um, yeah, mostly just because I it takes some advance notice to like cancel all my meetings, and I have also set expectations with my wife that like <laughs> I won't be ignoring her anymore pretty soon, stuff like that. But um, I could honestly, the it's pat. I, I should have taken the day off yesterday, and I already missed it, so I'll just power through. But um, uh, good, good to learn that. H- how long do you do normally when you do this? Um, you know, I haven't done it enough. I, I know that a week is not, I always know when I took vacation, a week is never enough. It takes a couple of days to unwind and then a couple of days to get back in the groove. And yeah, you want the seven days in between those days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I, I think I already mentioned, but convert kit Zapier, Webflow, Ahrefs. I've been having a lot of fun. What are you using Ahrefs for? I just barely got into this. Um, so I'm, I'm still very much a beginner, but what I wanted to use it for, one is picking names for like just basic uh, SEO optimization for blog posts. I'm not going to like, again, the point is for me to enjoy what I'm writing. So I'm not going to let it tell me, oh, you should write an article on this. But for example, I had a title for one of my blog posts was uh, tutorial colon how to make your small business website with card, which is like a Squarespace competitor type of thing. Uh, and then I just like plugged it into Ahrefs and I realized probably card tutorial, like how to make a small business website would be better. 
Um, so just little little optimizations like that. Uh, it kind of tells you all these errors with your site. Like these pages don't have long enough meta descriptions. I'm just trying to get like skim the surface and we need an account for less annoying CRM anyway. So I'm like, I'll just get a freebie here and do it with less annoying business too. Cool. Um, yeah. And I've actually never used Zapier before this. I'm using it for a stupid thing, which is just uh, convert kit does not email you when someone subscribes, which is crazy. I can't believe they don't do that, but <laughs> are you getting emails or Slack message? Uh, I didn't even think of using Slack. E- I think email is what I prefer anyway. I'm getting emails. Yeah, I get it. I have it set up. I, I remember that too. It's they don't do it for unsubscribes either. So. Yeah, I, but I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get notified about unsubscribes. I like. I like seeing those when I log in. Yeah, that would just like be it, like ruining your day without you wanting it. Uh, have you used Fiverr before? Is this the? Is this a marketplace for like design and independent contractors? Uh, yeah, yeah. One of these kind of like freelancer marketplaces, mm-hmm. and it's F I V E R R. Yep. You you have used it or I haven't used it, but I've been it's been recommended to me many times. Um did you use it? Well, okay, so I I'm I'm making this guide on how to make a web how to build a website. And so I can't be like to come up with a logo, design your own logo, because the whole point is they don't know how. So one of my blog posts is like four ways to get a logo, and one of them is I like I, I experimented with all of them. I went on Fiverr, paid for it was forty-four dollars to get a logo. And that was like the mid-tier one. There were cheaper ones. It was pretty high quality. Um and it just made me realize, like, like if I don't like doing something and I don't feel like I'm particularly good at it, why am I? Why am I ever doing it? Why don't I just put this on Fiverr and let someone else who's good at it do it for me? Do any like what kind of tasks come to mind? I'd have to look around. I mean, they definitely have a lot of design stuff. Um, but what you, what you love? Well, I like designing the app. But for example, we need a flyer to go to a career fair. I don't like designing that. Um, and I'll spend three hours making something that's not very good when literally I think it would cost $50 to have someone else do it. So and, and how important is, are the requirements? Like you have to really nail the requirements to get the thing that, that, mm-hmm. that I think I would struggle with getting des- good design from Fiverr is I don't know what to ask for. Yeah. So maybe logos are easy cause it's pretty well understood, like what the constraints are there. But what I put in for the logos, I was like, Here's my brand I'm going for. I want it to be like trustworthy but informal. Uh, here's my color that I want it to be. And then what they do is they give you back four options that they just kind of do quickly. And then you pick one and they dive deeper into that and make it good. Um, I, yeah, I could imagine that working for a lot of design types of tasks. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to try and keep that in mind more. Um. Okay, so I think I've, I realize I've just been giving updates nonstop here. Can we maybe move into like brainstorming what's next for this? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. So first of all, I kind of referenced this earlier, but I just want to run it by you. So Eunice is kind of the full-time marketer on our team, but she's still new to it. She was a CRM coach. She just spent the last eight months or whatever launching the Webflow site. So she hasn't, the Webflow thing was a marketing project. She hasn't really done like marketing with the intent of getting us customers very much yet. And she's about to start. So I'm trying to figure out what's my breakdown with her. Like, I want to spend time on marketing, and she does too. I'm currently thinking, I'm just going to take Bofu or uh, Tofu, top of funnel, off her plate. Maybe I'll fail, but be like, Eunice, it's not your job to get new people to this. Or, or let me back that up. Sorry. You can get new people to the site who are ready to buy a CRM. It's not your job to get random small businesses to the site. I'm going to try to do this with lessknowingbusiness.com and then let her focus on 
paid ads. We have a pretty big newsletter, getting those people to sign up, uh, optimizing landing pages, things like that. What do you think about that division of labor? I really like it. In fact, um, I mean, t- for tofu content to work, it has to be so creative and and it is truly throwing darts blindfolded against a dart, like after being spun 10 times at a dartboard, it, <laughs> it really is entrepreneurial work. Um, whereas like Mofu and Bofu, especially with where you are now, it's blocking and tackling. It's mm. what was that um, saying that we, that you brought to the podcast once was like, get it to 70% or 90% mm-hmm. or I don't know what it was, but yeah, um, once you get it to that point, it feels like Mofu and Bofu for where you are, um, are there and it's about optimization and, and doing more of what's already working versus trying to figure something out. That makes sense. Okay. That helps clarify why this felt right to me. Yeah. So the, it was the idea being an entrepreneur gets something to 70% and then you delegate and someone else takes it to a hundred. So Bofu's at 70, it's time to delegate. Tofu's at five. <laughs> it's not time to delegate. Okay. That makes sense to me. So with that in mind, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have my meetings with Eunice and like try and enable her to, to succeed. But most of my creative energies, I'm just going to be like less annoying CRM marketing is not my problem. Less annoying business marketing is my problem. So that's, I guess what I'd like to just brainstorm a little bit here with you. Um, less annoying business marketing. Yes. Uh, and this, I mean, I say marketing, just anything to make less annoying business one day achieve less annoying CRM's marketing goals, basically. It feels to me like you know the answer to this already, and it's you need to write content for a while. And even, I, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed that you're already thinking about paid advertising for the course, but it seems like focusing on the course is already your direction. Are you talking about what to do after once you've kind of tested this course and, and built it out? Then what? Because um, it feels like it's, I mean, it doesn't feel like there's much more to do than write content, optimize it for SEO with Ahrefs, build the course and, t- and try, you know, experiment with paid advertising. Is there more that you want to be doing than that? Um, well, let's imagine. Okay. One thing I have on here that maybe you include this in SEO, but maybe not. If I were, uh, I don't want to do this, but I have to say it because I think this is a smart thing to do probably is like go and get inbound links. And I've never been good at this, but I, if people don't know what I mean by go get inbound links, it's like there's different ways you can do guest blogging on other people's sites and that gives you an inbound link or you can like reach out to influencers and be like, I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but you get people to link to your site. That's like, I think a pretty big part of SEO. Have you ever done that? Yes. Successfully? Yes. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I guess, but I just want to clarify real quick, like we could come up with all kinds of marketing ideas. I just want to be clear, like that's something you do once you have something worthy of a link. So um, I I just, is this something you you think you'd go do now or is this something maybe you do in a couple of months? I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I hope I never do it Uh, (laughs) because I've tried it in the past and hated it. Yeah, so I, I mean... For for your style of marketing and sales, my belief is that you're gonna get you're gonna figure out a way to get inbound traffic, and that tra- that inbound traffic is going to lead to inbound link opportunities. Um, naturally, you're probably not going to go out of your way to get these, but yeah, yeah, I can talk a little bit about what I've done in the past. Um, so probably the 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 easiest way to get an inbound link is uh, to um, find a publication that is like 
lets you lets people be guest authors. So especially in niche industries like ben, the benefit space, if you type in benefit employee benefit magazine, employee benefit news into uh, Google, you'll probably find the ten you know different uh, publications that are sort of like these conferences slash online publications focused on benefit advisors. Mm -hmm. And that is like a really easy way to just go in with like a unique piece of like, you could probably write a 600 word article for them. Like, or I could write a 600 page article in my sleep for them. And then you pick a couple of, you know, some of these publications let you pick some uh, text within the article to link you know, to an article on your site, but sometimes they say, you know, just, you can provide one link in the bio, um, which is like, you know, would be like Tyler wrote this post. Tyler is, you know, CEO of less annoying CRM.com. Here's a link to that. Um, or he's the, he writes at less annoying business.com. Here's a link to that. And you you do that and it builds up your reputation. Yeah. Okay. So guest posting is the main way you've, you've built these. That is the easiest way. Like that is the, that is the easiest way to do it without being annoying. Um, you know, right. but, but if you want to, like I've gotten three emails today for people uh, wanting to me to either let them write a guest post um, at like or me to link to their stuff and rec- from reclinquist.com. And I immediately ignore all those requests. Right. Um, so I feel like, it, like that's not an option for you. That's annoying. So we'll just put that off the table. Yeah. Also, something I, I've I've talked about the struggles I've had before with content marketing. One of the big problems is I don't have as clean of a niche as you do. Um, there aren't, I don't think, like small business publications in the same way. Like it's there's a lot of industry stuff. I, I don't know. Like a, a part but, of me is like I'm so, making a mistake right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think you're making a mistake. Um, I think you're focused on the right stuff um, and this stuff will work itself out. If you really wanted to juice your SEO, the probably the best thing to do would be get involved on Quora, um, mm-hmm. like update your social media profiles to link back and include lessannoyingbusiness.com. Make sure you've got social media sites set up for lessannoyingbusiness.com so that you're getting the Twitter link back, the LinkedIn link back. Um, answer, you know, go to question and answer sites like Quora um, and be, be thoughtful and just include a link. Like, Tyler from, you know, this on, on the answers that you're doing. And if you, if it makes sense to link a post for more information, do that. Um, well, those, something I like about that, about the Quora idea is it could also be the inspiration for the posts. Like it, rather than saying, I have a post about this, let's go find topics on Quora and answer it. You can just go on Quora and be like, what are questions that have not been answered sufficiently? I'm going to go write an answer to it and then I'll post it on Quora. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, that's good. Um, the, uh, but but I I think what's much more likely for you to to happen is that you're going to get people who are co- like small business coaches. There are these people, and there's big versions of it um, who find your content and want to share it with people yeah. and naturally build links. I was thinking about the the benefit niche. Like I have the benefit advisor niche, for example. It's not mm-hmm. this was for Zane benefits. This was not for Leg Up Health. Uh, Leg Up Health doesn't target employee benefits. So I advisors, but it would be an easy place for me to go get an inbound link. Your version of that would be like, go write an article for QuickBooks or into it. Um, go write like all these companies that have blogs that 
serve the same customers as you, they may, they might be interested in having you write a piece of content that's unique um, for their blog and then link back. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. And yeah, I've actually been toying with like just a, a type of post that I think I might write a lot of is like specific product uh, advice for not major products. So like if you write a post on how to use Gmail, like, okay, you're competing with a lot of other stuff out there, but like I was looking with Card. Have you heard of Card, by the way? Mm-hmm. C-A-R-R-D. Mm-hmm. That's like quite a bit smaller than Wix or Squarespace. And so when I lo- went in Ahrefs to look at it, they're like, oh, you could actually compete. You're not going to compete on Squarespace content, but y- you could compete on Card content. Um, so yeah, maybe trying to like find find small software products that are big enough people are searching for them, reach out to them and be like, I'm going to write a post about you. And I, if you let me guest post on your site and, and get a link back, something like that. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, that'd be interesting. One of my big question marks here is like, can I just, uh, what I want to do is just write content and, you know, build it and they will come field of dreams style. Uh, I think that's what you should do for a while, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I th- and then I think- what you think, so is that because you think there's a chance that it works on its own or because you think first I should get a hundred articles and then I should start marketing? Because I, I, I'm, I, I, we haven't stated this, but I mean, you have your first, I don't know, 10,000 subscribers. How many users do you have at, at Less Annoying CRM? Okay, good question. So we've got 24,000 users and our newsletter, I haven't looked recently, but I, in the past it was like 10,000 of our users, paying users were subscribed, but then there's another 20,000 that aren't subscribed because what happens is they sign up for free trials, they join the newsletter then, they don't pay us, but they don't unsubscribe from the newsletter. So I've got tens of thousands of people who are not customers. So I, I believe that through your existing personal audience... Your and your less annoying CRM audience, you're going to have enough of a boost to sort of build it and they will come um, with some ample, assuming that you tell people about it. And based on what you're doing so far with building in public, you're telling people about it. Um, it'll happen. I'm, I'm not worried about it, but let's, but you, but how to get your less annoying CRM people aware yeah, let's talk of about that a little bit is, is important. So, okay, the what I've got, I've got this newsletter that Eunice runs for Less Annoying CRM. It goes out every other week. And it's normally like one kind of major thing about Less Annoying, maybe a product update or a tutorial or whatever. And then kind of more links below. That's the normal newsletter. That's how we communicate with them. A couple questions for you. One is like, maybe we can brainstorm what's the best way to get them to kind of cross-subscribe to my newsletter. Another thing is like, should I be gun-shy about this? Because a part of me is like, until I've, optimized not super optimized but like i don't know if right now people are going to actually convert to the newsletter if they see a blog post or that type of thing i'm wondering i don't want to be paralyzed and move slow but like how much effort should i put into getting the site working before i blast it out to twenty thousand people well i I don't look at your marketing to less annoying crm as a one-time event yeah i mean i i do maybe there is a one-time like hey just a heads up i'm working on this if you're interested in following this from scratch come on over um, but it seems like th- there's going to there's going to be a, a section of the less annoying CRM newsletter that's dedicated to con- new content from lessannoyingbusiness.com. Um, that's going to be constantly putting that. You know, it's not going to be the whole newsletter because yeah. Why, you know, but, but if it's there's just be- a link at the like in the middle on, on every newsletter. Okay, yeah. that's a good point. And I, I mean, if at, at some point you, 
you're probably going to have it on. I mean, there's all the things that we talked about for marketing your uh, affiliate program seem like they would apply for marketing less than your business. It's like work. You could put this on the login. You could put this. You could you, you know you could put this in places where it could be potentially helpful to your users. Yeah, that's a good point. Like right now, if you go to the blog on less annoying serums, like we just redesigned it a little bit for Webflow. We used to have three sections. We kind of basically, we didn't call it this, but tofu, mofu, and bofu. And we basically removed tofu. And the, the blog posts are still there, but there's not a section for it. We could maybe re-add it, but it just links off to less annoying business. Totally. That's interesting. Okay. I, I really, I mean, tofu content on your main product website is so dilutive to the brand. Yeah. It's one thing that I'm really, I think is cool is that if it's not related to CRM or less annoying CRM, it's not going to be on less annoying CRM.com, which means when someone goes to less annoying CRM.com, they're either like just poking around and seeing what it's about or they're a, cu- they're a potential customer. Yeah. That'll make it so much cleaner to, yeah, it's, it's, for example, to your point, it's so hard to measure conversion rates um, from someone hitting your website to signing up for a free trial? Because it's like, well, what if they were reading a blog post about whether or not to raise money for their startups? Like, should we really count that as a failure that they didn't sign up? So yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, so my ongoing effort, it sounds like, will be on Less Annoying Business. And I, I'm, I'm kind of firewalling myself off to say, like, it's not my responsibility to grow Less Annoying. I shouldn't say that. It's my, I'm the CEO, of course. It's my responsibility to grow Less Annoying Serum, but like, I'm not the individual contributor there. But probably there's kind of a one-time, let's put a system in place to have this feedback loop where if someone comes to Less Annoying CRM and they're not ready for CRM content, send them to Less Annoying Business and vice versa. I think in, in, in my weekly newsletter for Less Annoying Business, my plan is to give a little update on like, not on the company Less Annoying CRM, but like what I've been working on as a way to, if, if you're on that newsletter, you can't help but know what Less Annoying CRM is. Okay. And then there's putting putting a link in the newsletters. There's probably, like you said, a one time the focus of the newsletter, the old the the Less Annoying CRM newsletter, once will be, hey, we have this site. Go go become a subscriber. Okay. I'm happy with all that. And your just to back up, your claim was because I've already got these twenty thousand people that I can sort of reach, that'll be enough to seed people, maybe, maybe be enough to seed people and I won't have to do too much more marketing than that. You should be able to pr- prove the concept of lessknowingbusiness.com with your existing audience. If you can't, it's probably not worth investing much into building a, a additional audience. That Okay, that right there answers exactly what I was uncertain about before. I, I should have known this. Anytime you start a project, phase one is validate, phase two is scale. I'm not at scale. So... That and and, and this that. is this is why this is a great point that you called that out because this is why I was saying like I wouldn't do much out with SEO at this point. Yeah, you should do the basics. Like Ahrefs will make you do the basics, but as far as worrying about inbound links, like no, if people aren't coming, if if your existing small business users at less knowing CRM aren't converting onto this and mm-hmm. at some rate, it doesn't matter if it's getting found or not. Like there's something wrong. And. I already knew this. I just was in my own head. This is why I want to do paid ads. Like paid ads is not the long-term strategy here, but it's, it's easy. I can spend a thousand dollars and see will people sign up for this newsletter. Okay. Yeah. And it's such a cheap, like 
I like new, signing up for newsletter. What's cool about a course is it's so inexpensive for someone to to buy and turn like a free course is you give up your email address, right? And maybe your name. And that's such a great way to validate a bigger idea, like a bigger problem and like solution space. I wish I had done something like that with leg up health. I guess I didn't, maybe not leg up health, but like if I ever did another business again, I would think about, okay, well, how could I, what is the smallest version of the solution that I'm offering Mm -hmm. and the, and like the problem that I'm solving, how can I build content around this and write and drive ads to it? Because yeah, for a thousand bucks on a free course, like you can really get some validation from that. Or invalidation. I, yeah. The kind of, I, I think this is a little shady, but the kind of old version of this, of what you're saying is you make a landing page acting like the thing exists, but you haven't actually made it. And then when someone signs up, you're just like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Thanks for yeah, telling me you would buy it. <laughs> this is better because it's actually delivering on whatever you're selling. But mm-hmm. if someone's willing to, go, if someone's Googling something related to a problem, they see a, 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 an ad in the Google search ad space they click the ad and it's advertising something that exists like a course. There's something more there. Like, okay, why if you're, if you're paying for training on how to do this, there's probably a service business here at the very least, maybe even, uh, you know, something more sophisticated. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, another thing I'm interested in brainstorming. So I've got this email course. It's a 16 day thing, one email per day. Uh, the ultimate goal, well, the ultimate goal is for them to buy less annoying CRM, but probably the intermediate goal is that once that 16 days is up, they join the newsletter, like the weekly newsletter. Um, any thoughts on, well, one thing, I guess I could just automatically subscribe them to the weekly newsletter when they join the course. I'm not, I'm a little fuzzy on the ethics of that. It doesn't sound horrible, but it's not great. What do you think about that? I don't know. I, I feel like it's one of those things where, if you think that, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it, especially if you're not trying to, you're not subscribing them to, to something completely unrelated. And you could put like a text that says, you know, I mean, you could easily put a disclaimer in there that says signing up for this course will also subscribe you to our newsletter. And I yeah. think you're fine. Okay. Maybe what I, yeah, that's, that's good. Or I'm, I'm wondering if maybe the last email in the sequence will just be like, Hey, this is the last one. I'm still going to email you once a week. Click this link if you don't want that email. Or like, you know, more obvious than an unsubscribe link. Okay. That sounds good to me. Um, do, do you have any... Do you want to talk me out of trying to devote a lot of time to this that would otherwise go towards other less annoying CRM stuff? Since you're only doing two articles a week? Well, well let's say I could do more. Like, h- how much time do I put towards this? Well, that's, that's a loaded question. I yeah, mean, I know you're, you're I, not okay, going to answer so, it. So but I, like, I think that putting some amount of, I, I'm totally bought into putting some, now that you've kind of gotten this infrastructure built, I look at this as a forcing function for two new pieces of content a week. And then maybe some minor optimization around this. That's probably a day a week out of five mm-hmm. days of work. Um, maybe, you know, in a busy week. So I go, yeah, that's great. This is what you love to do. And I totally support it for that reason. And I know that if at any point you learn something that this isn't worth your time or there's something better, you're going to shift that time and stop doing this. So, well, that's where I might disagree. Okay. The the thing I'm doing with this is I'm saying, 
I've tried content in the past. It failed. One of the re- there are a variety of reasons. One of them is I I abandoned it. Um, but what's so funny, the, the most blogging I've ever done was the early days of Less Annoying Serum. For the first year, year and a half, we put out a post every single day. Those are the posts that are getting like 50 hits a week now. It's not a lot. But I'm like, if if I actually put like kept doing that, like imagine. So I'm yeah, I'm kind yeah, of imagine, committing to this. No but are those what. people are you getting users from those posts? No, uh, okay. absolutely not. Yeah. But so, but my point is I think I'll be able to get if I just keep writing, I'll be able to get traffic. The minute let's just be real. The minute you don't believe that, you're gonna stop doing this. Okay. So I and I, I don't I don't believe that your belief will change, but the fact that it will because it will if you like you will stop if your belief changes you will stop doing this makes it like a perfectly fine investment okay okay and so okay then it goes okay so i think this is great so you've taken tofu and this is your tofu project seems like all of your other stuff should for now it's like get like help unit like help Eunice be good at mofu and bofu and then once that's done start going okay how do we get more how do we increase the flow to mofu well, there's a more general question here of like how much time should I put towards marketing? Period. Um, which again, you can't answer this for me. But I just realized I'm saying mofu and bofu and tofu a lot. Do people know what that means? Like, I thought we said uh, earlier. Did we but say it? Go for it. Yeah. So to, to, tofu is top of the funnel. T O F U. Mofu is middle of the funnel. M O F U. And bofu is bottom of the funnel. J- Tyler and I sort of worked this out on one of his trips to Utah one week where bottom of the funnel basically means branded terms like less annoying CRM middle of the funnel means like basically the product that you offer, but non-branded. So in, in Tyler's case, small business CRM. Um, and then tofu is basically something that a small business might search in general, <laughs> like, uh, you know, small business you know, tools. Um, anyway, uh, that's what I've been meaning when I've been saying mofu. Over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you were going to say something. Uh, yeah. Part of it is just like, how much time should I put towards marketing period? And there are a lot of constraints on my time where I don't like, I can't put five days a week into marketing. Um, I think I could probably max do two. I'm inclined to do one plus meeting with Eunice, basically. Um, and so basically all my individual contributor marketing time goes towards this. I'll have, I have a meeting every other week with Eunice where I can kind of, help point her in the right direction. But then otherwise I'm in management and product design mode. Yep. Seem okay. So you're not you're not gonna push back on that and be like, oh, like all of your individual contributor marketing time should not go towards this site. I well, I'm biased because I want the content that's gonna come out of this site. So and I also want this for you from an audience. I, I think this is gonna work. So and I I just you know we've talked a lot about different marketing ideas. Most of the marketing ideas aren't compatible with your personality. Yeah. Like this one is, and it's the only one that I think really does over the long term increase the top of the funnel that is compatible with you. So until you have someone on your team, that's not you that has the personality for it to do demand generation then I I feel like this is the right like there there is no better use of your time. Okay, I'm glad to hear that because that's that's how I feel, and I actually kind of think it's it's not just me personally. It's like the DNA of the company. Like, not that we couldn't hire that person you're talking about, but I think it's very possible we never do. And like, 
the company can do marketing uh, in terms of communicating with people who are already interested, but we've always fallen short of, of getting new people to hear about us. So if this can, if this can do that, I'd feel pretty good about that. So, okay. This, this is very, going to give, this is going yeah. to give you a non-annoying way to be loud or than you are now and broader with your loudness. And I think that's going to be good. Get ready for me to be loud. Everybody. Yes. yes. I mean, <laughs> it, it, you already see it like with the Twitter threads that you've had about this and, you know, there's, there's a, a decibel level about what you're working on with this. That's yeah. broader and louder than anything related to less annoying, the less annoying brand right. ever. That's a very good point. Yeah. I, I don't feel salesy here. Cause it's like, I'm not selling you anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but this, this is big. This is a big invest. Like this is big for the less annoying brand. All right. This has been very, uh, like, I think I needed a therapist here more than anything. And I, I feel like I know what I want to do. I needed you to tell me it's not like a stupid use of time. This so is I a hell of a lot this. better idea than sparse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> um, cool. Well, we are at an hour. I am sorry to have dominated like the entire episode, but uh, yeah, thanks for all the talking through that. That, that was, this was the plan, man. So yeah, um, okay. we'll have to do the. I guess we're, we're you're kind of in execution mode now with marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I'm going to spend March still doing a lot of product stuff, but uh, I'll be ready for a marketing therapy session um, sometime maybe late April. So we'll. Revisit. I don't know if you heard, but I'm in the business of giving. Uh, of giving advice to other business owners now. So I'm kind of an expert. So yes, I'll be happy to help you out. Yeah. If you could, (laughs) if you could build a course on how to, uh, (laughs) how Rick Lindquist (laughs) should, should grow leg up health. (laughs) That would be great. Cool. You want to sign us off? All right. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, I have a favor to ask, please write a review on the podcast app of your choice because reviews play a huge role in helping other people discover useful podcasts. If you'd like to review past topics and show notes, visit starvedlast.com. See you next week. See you.